Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder and chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com. I am devoted to helping women and men achieve healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. We have a fabulous show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with therapist Deborah Moorhead about how to turn a sucky relationship into a wow relationship. As a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives. And when a woman knows her true worth, she attracts her most aligned partner. Most women who come to me for support are incredible mothers and successful in the workforce, but they have challenges when it comes to their romantic relationships. Here's one of the mistakes that I notice over and over again. Women often date with the same energy they bring to work. They bring competition, one-upsmanship, argumentative nature, They bring all these things that make them a success in the workplace, but it can turn off the men that they're attracted to. And I used to think that men would be really attracted to me if they knew that I was really busy and if I showed them how smart I was. But this is really a common mistake because um, men are not looking for your success story. They're looking for who you are in a relationship. Once you understand that and what isn't working in dating, you can easily make a few small changes in how you show up on your dates. These types of mistakes can really sabotage your success. The problem is it's hard to see your dating behavior when you're too close to the situation, and I want you to find and create a healthy, loving relationship. So that's why I created a free guide where I explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how to turn them around so you can find lasting love. It's my gift to you, and if you want a copy, Go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. And now, a word from our sponsor, eHarmony EH+. Are you turned off by online dating? Say hello to EH+. This is eHarmony founder, Dr. Neil Clark Warren. EH+, takes the best parts of eHarmony and combines them with personal matchmaking. With EH+, a matchmaker will learn all about you and handpick your matches. No computer needed. Get started today. Call 855-940-LOVE. That's 855-940-LOVE. And um, EH Plus is actually a really interesting new service. We're going to talk about it a little bit more later. Um, I just recommended it to one of my clients who wants a little bit more of a matchmaking type of uh, service to add to her dating coaching that she's doing with me. So it's something to definitely consider. And now for our fabulous guest today, Deborah Moorhead. She has 20 plus years of expertise in the business of helping people. She's a highly trained leader, expert therapist, and outstanding teacher. She's the creator of the Stop the Cycle Sabotage to Success Relationship System. This is an effective and efficient relationship methodology of which Deborah has condensed from her extensive education, tens of thousands of hours interacting with her clients, 20 years of professional experience, and her lifetime of personal experiences. Deborah has a unique gift of looking right into your heart 
recognizing your core needs, and then helping you transform yourself and your relationships to what you desire. And so we're going to hear from Deborah about how to get that wow relationship. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. And um, for those of you who don't know, Deborah leads these amazing tele-summits, and this is the second year that I am honored to be part of it. And we just did our little piece that we're going to that's going to air. When is when's the next one? I uh, it begins. <laughs> I know, really. It begins September 14th. Oh, so, soon, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah very exciting. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about the telesummit in a in a, a little bit. Um, but let's talk about how you went from embarrassingly sucky to an amazingly wow relationship. Oh, such embarrassing stories, but I guess we all have them, right? So, you know, yes. I, I, you know, I was an elementary school teacher, loving that. I had a great family, loving parents, wonderful sister. But I just kept picking the wrong guys, and sometimes it was so embarrassing to even talk about it. I mean, I was cheated on. I would They would borrow money from me and never pay me back, and there was just so much more that was going on that was so embarrassing. You know, and a lot of times I was thinking that if I just kept trying harder, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I know I, I'm just, if I try harder, it'll be better. <laughs> Um, yeah. But, you know, it just never, it never seemed to work. And it, it really kind of all came together, though, you know, when I was dating a man who actually had a really severe addiction problem. And there was lots of embarrassing things that I tolerated in that relationship. But it really, uh, the final straw was, I actually, I'm, I'm dating myself here a little bit, but um, he actually stole a, uh, a VCR that I had borrowed from my father. And, of course, I wasn't able to get it back, and I had to go and tell my father and attempt to pay my father back for it. But that was like the epitome of my embarrassment. And I just thought, I have to do something different. These relationships were just draining me, you know, emotionally and financially. Um, Uh And I just had to figure it out. So I went the long way around. (laughs) I went to actually school to become a a counselor, to become a marriage family therapist. And in the process, I actually did my own counseling. And the wonderful thing is I actually did figure it out through that long way around. And now I have got to help. Um, I've just enjoyed helping hundreds of women create um, really the, the lives uh, and the relationships that they have desired. And that's just been such a joy in in my life to be able to do that. Um, mm, I can so that, hear that in your voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like there's such a warmth and a passion for this. Yeah. It, you know what, I just... I, and when I am, every time that I get to either do coaching or therapy with these women, I, I just walk away just full of blessings and, and gifts just that they allow me to know them, they allow me to come alongside them, and, and then to get mm-hmm. to see their, their excitement. I, I worked with one woman um, for a while, and she had come to me kind of in the same place. She had picked a really rotten guy in her life, and uh, they had actually been broken up for three years, but she still was hooked on him when she came to see me. Her name was Chris, and 
um, we basically got right to the core of things. And what's so wonderful is I know she finally found the right guy, and she's been married to, to him for eight years and going, <laughs> and just madly in love with him. And that's the kind of stuff I just love to, to yep. be a part of. Help. So, and I know yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think that when you go through it the way you did, um, it's mm-hmm. it becomes even more of a passion because by healing yourself, you understand the process and you know the benefits of doing mm-hmm. that inner work. So before, when you said I tried harder, you know, and it yeah. didn't work, it's not about trying harder; it's about doing mm-hmm. the right things and yeah. doing the the right kind of work and you know and that's true for anything it's true for for business you can work really really hard and not get any success or you can do the right things and actually work less and have more success so <laughs> so um yeah this this issue of being kind of addicted to men who are toxic who are um, who are not there for you, but for their own gain, which it sounds mm-hmm. like that was kind of your stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, and it's so common, and mm-hmm. and it is an addiction. It's um, it's hard to break this. So, um, so tell me, what are three primary problems that um, lead to picking and staying with the wrong guy? Sure, and I, this obviously was part of my process and learning this as well. But the three problems that I really see um, that women, the women I work with kind of do over and over again is, is the first one is they really don't slow down and take time to know themselves first and to really know and understand um, what I call their core needs well enough. Because this is what we do. We all work out of an unconscious place until we make it conscious, right? <laughs> Um, so when it's unconscious, we kind of are, are picking men and and creating a, almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, but we don't even know it. So we, we just keep picking these guys that in certain ways are going to actually recreate. Uh, there's a lot more to this, but I, I'm simplifying it, but actually recreate our worst fears or our worst beliefs about ourselves. And so that's the number one, is to slow down and get to know yourself and your core needs. The number two is that, again, they haven't slowed down and taken the time to first really know what their non-negotiables are. You just, you know, like all of us so often have done, we just pick a guy because we think he's cute or because, gosh, he likes me. And, and, and yet the truth is, if we don't put ourselves in the driver's seat by knowing what our non-negotiables are, uh, you know, we end up basically going forward into relationships that are <laughs> that are not the best for us, um, and we're mm-hmm. not evaluating. And then the third one is that once you're dating a guy, right, you're kind of at the beginning stages of the beginning of dating, you kind of, uh, and this is what we all do, and please know, you know, it's, we kind of go into a fantasy land. We start thinking, oh, I, I like him, and oh, this would be fun to do together, and oh, look at this, and we kind of start going into the future, and we kind of start our expectations. And, and first of all, we all do this, it's, and there's actually some hormones that are going on that keep some of this going. It's, but it's, it's a way that we kind of put the rose-colored glasses on, and 
you really have to, you're going to have all that going on, but you also have to add in a way to evaluate that relationship evaluates what's going on and evaluate the man and um, look closely for red flags. You just have to do that. So those are the three things mm-hmm. that I have found get in, people get in trouble with. Yeah, those are great. And I like how, how concise, con- concisely you put it. And I think that, um, you know, definitely you have to know yourself and know what your core needs are, and a lot of people don't even know, know what a core need is. Yeah. Um, and that's something that actually in my coaching training, I was like, oh, wow, these are my core values. These are my core needs. This is what <laughs> drives me. I never put a finger on it before. And yeah. it just opens up your world, and you realize this is what motivated me to do all these things in my life and to make these choices. Um, and you, and if you don't know those core needs, you can allow other people to determine what the direction of your life is, and that often leads to bad choices. Yeah, um, that's, I, so I see yeah. that happening. Yeah, you, that's well, so well put, Sandy, because that's exactly that's exactly what happens, and why that's where that's my number one thing. That it sounds like you as well work with your uh, clients too. That's my number one thing: is you've got to know that mm-hmm. and bring that to the surface. Because that's the only way that yeah. kind of really puts you um, in charge of your your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about those non-negotiables because you mentioned them, and I think a lot of people have trouble identifying them. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, first of all, why is it so important? And and also maybe if you can add how to identify them. Oh, sure. Um, sure. It's a whole process, but I'll play. I'll share a little bit about the process. But you know, first of all, it is so important because it kind of goes back to what I was saying: is when we first start dating somebody, we all go into this fantasy land place a little bit, and again, it's normal. Um, it's just part about it's how we work. That's why so often it doesn't matter what age you are, but when you're first dating somebody, I, I think we all can can uh, you know can feel this. You kind of feel like that giddy little teenager again, right? It's mm-hmm. just those feelings that you have because it's exciting, it's new. We've got hormones going, you know, in our body, and um, the problem is if you're not clear on what it is that you really want for your life and your relationship, and then you just keep right on dating that person, what ultimately ends up happening is you either end up settling for something that you really knew that you didn't want in your life, or you think that you're going to be able to change them, and so then, of course, you keep working at that. And you know, in, in either of those cases, that ends up really creating a, a setup for a, a, a either not very happy or a not very successful relationship. And that's mm. the problem when you don't know your non-negotiables. So mm-hmm. by knowing the non-negotiables, you basically put the power in your hands. You, I call it you become the decider. You And the first step to that is to start creating, take the time to really create your non-negotiables. So, yeah, I love so, that. Yeah, and, and people just don't realize that. And, and by hope, you know, the truth is when you start 
dating somebody, um, even if you have your non-negotiables, there's a part of you that wants to go, oh, well, maybe not, or oh, and you want to stay in it, but you really have to stick to those non-negotiables. <laughs> and yeah, they and don't go away. No, They're they don't. And, yeah. Yeah. So you want to really know what they are and then ask the various questions. It's not like you sit down on the first date and say, well, what about this and what about this and what about this? Right. <laughs> you know? If, if one of your non-negotiables. Yeah, if one of your non-negotiables was you want kids, you don't want to say, and by the way, do you want kids on the very first day? <laughs> but there's ways to ask the questions as you are, you know, in those first, even three dates is really what I, I like people to do so that you're not getting too much beyond. Um, and there's a whole process to being able to evaluate your non-negotiables. But you, part of it is that you want to take the time to really think about um, what are your values, what are your beliefs, and what's your lifestyle that you, you know, are already living and want to, you know, kind of see yourself. Um, those are good first questions to ask. And, you know, ultimately, a non-negotiable is really a just what it says. It's a non-negotiable. It's a black and white. It's not a gray area. Like, for example, I may really, really like to dance, and I would love it if my partner, you know, that I pick dan- likes to dance, but is that, a, is that a black and white? I mean, I suppose if I was actually a competitive dancer and that was my entire life, then it would be a black and white, right? But if it's just that I like to go out every Friday night and dance, then it's not really a black and white. And I, you know, there's, I would, I would give, I would possibly give that up. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's a belief, if I have a, for example, a particular spiritual belief, and it's really important that my partner has a similar spiritual belief, then that's a, that's a non-negotiable that you want to just stick with no matter what. So does that kind yeah. of describe? Yeah, that's great. And I think people often do give up on the important things, and then they're shocked when the relationship doesn't work. And yeah. I know I certainly gave up on some of my um, non-negotiables, but I didn't really know what they were before I got married. So that's yeah. something I learned over time. And <laughs> it really informed every relationship post-divorce mm-hmm. because I knew now these are things I cannot be without. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, thank you for that. So I just want to take another quick break to give another shout-out to our sponsor, eHarmony. And uh, for anybody who's frustrated with online dating, um, I do have good news for you because the number one relationship experts at eHarmony have created a new premium service, and it's called EH+. They combine the personal attention of a matchmaker with eHarmony's matching technology and their extensive pool of great singles. With EH+, each matchmaker will learn about you and handpick your matches so there's no computer needed, which is something that a lot of people dating online would absolutely love. Um, It gets really frustrating. And by the way, the matchmakers are awesome. I know people who've used EH+, and um, they're all therapists. They're all really qualified, and we have one of them coming on the show in September. Are you ready to find the love of your life? then get started at ehplus.com. That's ehplus.com. And now back to our guest, Deborah Moorhead, and we're talking about how to get that wow relationship. So let's get right into it. What's the key to getting it? <laughs> well, so the obviously based off of the things that I just said, you've got to go through all three steps. And I want to talk you know, about really – 
the key. So you you have to take the time to know what your core needs are and and hold those. You've got to know what your non-negotiables are. Then you're in that dating relationship and you're you're going beyond the third date. You think that he fits, you know, you're pretty sure that non-negotiables are there. And then you really are starting to date. And this again is where we often fall short because you know, it's like, woohoo, non-negotiables met, I like him, he's cute, he likes me, woohoo. But then we forget <laughs> to pay attention to the red flags that are coming up because that is basically the problem. So once you're in that dating, you're, you're going forward with the dating so that you can make sure that you are the decider. That's what I want, you to be in the, the driver's seat, the decider, um, what you want to be able to do is evaluate. Don't stay in the rose-colored glasses place and really evaluate. And so there, um, I mean, there's many different red flags. I have kind of seven that I uh, I think are really important for people to look at that really helps them to evaluate. Um, you know, also you just want to kind of trust your gut and don't just go with everything but um but shall I share my seven red flags just to, yes, for the please. listeners <laughs> all right <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. you know there's details to how I talk about this and I I we won't have time to go into all the details mm-hmm. but um but th- the first is that uh, that the person the person you're dating doesn't play well with others is what I call it. Um, you want to just really evaluate. Does he have his own friends? Does he interact well? How does he interact with people in public places? And, and there's more to it. But does he play well with others? That's what you want to evaluate. Mm-hmm. The one. second one is um, you want to make sure that he well, I'll put it now, that he doesn't, if if he, the red flag is that he doesn't take personal responsibility. Um, You you really want somebody who can own their own stuff and can own and take responsibility, can be able to say, yes, I made a mistake, can say, I'm sorry for that. Um, So that's a really important, you want somebody who can do that. The Mm -hmm. third one is that he has poor space issues. And what I mean by that, and there's, it's, you know, what I mean by that is basically it's kind of the idea of time together and time apart. You know, when we're first dating, we want to have lots of time together, and that's normal. Um, but you're really evaluating: does he have, you know, is he able to have some of his own space and want to do things with his friends, and allows you to have your, you know, space? Uh, you wanna. Um, yeah, because sometimes, you know, the guy that hangs around way too much and never gets mad if you have any time, you know, you want to have any time with your friends or um, or he he's not around at all. <laughs> so either of those are the extremes in that issue. So you want to, you're looking for, you know, does he have poor space issues? Um, okay. The other is, does he have poor boundary issues? And that I'm talking a little bit more about emotional boundaries. Um, so it, when, you, when we're healthy individuals, we have a more clear sense of ourselves and our own identity. You know, just like you know, when I'm talking about these women know what your needs are. You want him to know what his needs are. You want him to be able to recognize his feelings 
um, and kind of separate those out because the poor uh, poor boundary issues they can kind of look in the two extremes just like the space issues. The first would be something like he like he's attached to you and ready to marry you on the fourth date or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already planning the rest of your life together. Um, and, and, and that can be a little bit, you want to be aware of that. And then the other of course, is that, um, that he may, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that he may be, uh, more on the what I consider the dangerous side, and this is a definitely one to look for because this eventually can can get into the domestic violence violence side. But that is the is he a little too controlling, too possessive, uh, extremely jealous? When you say no, I I prefer not to go to this place for you know for dinner. Let's go to this place, and he gets angry or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Those are those yeah. are kind of the two extremes, and you just want to be careful uh, and then the other issue of course is he doesn't really have any he doesn't commit he doesn't you know he doesn't make any plans at all you want somebody who kind of is in the in-between you know they can make some plans for the future but they're not planning your entire rest of your life together but those are mm-hmm. that there's a lot to that but that's that one and then um, if there's a lack of self-awareness again emotional health is that they're aware of their self and there's lots more to that, but um, but being having some self awareness, lacking communication skills. Now, communication skills are a tricky thing because <laughs> a lot of us don't grow up knowing how, what are good communication skills. But you really want somebody who is able to say, you know, say what they're needing, able to step into difficult conversations, you know, but in a healthy way. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're looking for that. And then if, uh, you know, my seventh red flag is, you know, does he treat you poorly? <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes we don't even pay attention to that. It, does he not want to take you uh, into public? Does he not want to um, show you off to his friends? Does he say derogative or disrespectful things to, de- to you? Uh, is he really always criticizing or judgmental of you? There, there's more on that one. But, but those basically... Uh, are my seven seven red flags. I oh. went through that really quick, so if you have any questions. No, but they're great. I know. It's hard to – this is a comprehensive discussion, but I think this is a great list. And I had a woman call me last week who had been addicted to a narcissist who mm-hmm. – she, you know, she right out said, he's narcissistic, he's terrible for me, but he's he's such a good friend. And then she mm-hmm. describes how he stole her money and her credit card and her – and it's just oh, like, and that's a good friend. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, you calling him your great friend? Does, does any, you know, do you do you have other good friends who steal your money? Like, I, a lot of times they, you know, even if you just put it back on somebody and say, would you ever allow a girlfriend to do this to you? Mm, oh, that's no. a great way. Would you, yeah. right? Yeah. Or would you allow your yeah. daughter to date that guy? Yeah. Oh, I, no. Um, so <laughs> those are great reminders. <laughs> <laughs> right, we we just we don't treat ourselves in the oh. way that we would treat other people, or or accept behaviors from people that we would never accept from others. So, um, so to to um, to close, I just wanted to um, have you talk a little bit about your Happy Relationship Summit, and um, tell us what the topic is this year and why you uh, chose it. 
I am so excited. Uh, um, so the topic is, the title is Understanding the Differences Between, Understanding and Using the Differences Between Men and Women to your advantage so that you can create the amazing relationship you want. So I'm so it's so exciting to me because, you know, the differences between men and women kind of perplex us and they get in our way so often. <laughs> and that's why I was mm-hmm. just, I'm, that that was just a topic that I was, I, you know, I always pick topics I'm interested in and want to learn more about, yeah. and I I know other people want to too. So that's what it is. Um, it's really fun because, of course, I, I I was able to get like John Gray, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and uh-huh. and of course Sandy Weiner, yay, <laughs> and, and so, many, so many other great relationship experts. Um, yeah, and they yeah, they're giving great information. It's a great topic, and I, I can't wait for to hear all the other experts. And um, I just finished my communications course where we had a man panel last night, and we had four relationship experts, men who um, who do this for a living, and they were talking about the, how women communicate, how men communicate, and it's so wonderful for the women. From you know, right from the men, um, what they want more of, and that they actually want to make women happy, and that. You know, they need to hear from women. How can we make you happy? I mean, yeah. you know, and we love women, and and women walk around thinking men don't like us. They have all the yep. power. Uh, there's so many misunderstandings. So I'm so glad you did this, and I'm so glad you were on my show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's just been really delightful getting to join you and I'm so happy thank you for being on my happy relationship summit and you know anybody who it's free so please know it's totally free so anybody who wants to they can go to happyrelationshipsummit.com and can sign up now and you'll get all the information about when it starts and how you can access everybody's interview including yours Sandy. Excellent. Yes, and I'll be sending out emails to my list and putting posts up on social media. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Deborah, and thank you all for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.